Meg, and I'm here with Eli, and it's your birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. In celebration of your um, new year of life, what have you been watching? In celebration of my new year of life, we are going to record like nine hours of podcasts now. Just um, what you wanted to do on your special. Be in a small room with me. Yeah. Uh, okay, look, let's talk about it. The other two is back. We're three ep four episodes in today. I haven't seen the fourth episode yet. I am not liking this season, Meg. You I'm, don't you don't like the most recent episodes? Um, the episodes one through three, I am really and Skylar's about ready to bail on the show, which is a big deal because this was like our favorite show. We we have been so excited for it to come back. Yeah. And the reason why is I, I don't think it's as funny. I, there are some jokes that are that I've been laughing at. I don't think it's as funny as the first two seasons. But more importantly, the reason why I love the show is mostly that I am like rooting for all the characters. Yeah. And this season, they are awful. Like they've leaned into like the worst versions of themselves. And so I'm I'm like watching this. I'm like, I know we're making a point here, but like this isn't fun for me to see because I loved these characters previously. Are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. I will say I did not like the first episode. Mm -hmm. That was the worst one. Um, It felt too COVID-y in a way that like we've all moved on from. Yeah. It was like it should have come out a year ago, mm -hmm. um, which I think is when they were filming it. They were just like making a lot of jokes. That I was like, I'm honestly too traumatized to laugh at this. Like, Yeah, they're making jokes about how healthcare workers are worshipped, which I was like, but they're not like we've turned on healthcare right. workers like this. This is a joke. The, this is a series of jokes that carry through the season, by the way. Yeah. Um, That like made sense in May 2020. Yes. And now I'm like, no, this like this isn't doesn't comport with reality. Like nobody's worshiping healthcare workers like we should we should be more grateful for them. But yes. like that's not how society's treating them anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, And it feels a little cartoony. Yeah. Um, I made the comparison to you. Uh, 30 Rock, mm -hmm. like 30 Rock got increasingly cartoony in the end. It was just like a vibe shift. And yeah. maybe that's just what it is now. Maybe they'll find their way back. I don't know. I don't anticipate it lasting more than another season or I'm, two. I don't know what they do with the story I'm at that point. Yeah, I'm wondering. It, it feels like the setup that they're going for is they're showing this family where everybody has worked hard to get what they want and then they finally all have what they want, but they're all miserable. And I think like, that's the point Yeah, is we're going to see them like realize actually we were happier when our lives were like more scaled down. Uh, and that, that will be a satisfying payoff if that's where they're going. I'm just not enjoying getting to it right now. I do like Molly Shannon's yes. arc. She's, she's the, I, I was just going to say the only part of the show that i'm enjoying and like invested in right now is molly shannon yeah like i love that this like midwestern mom uh suddenly became like oprah winfrey yes. and is like the richest woman in the world <laughs> like yes. it's like flying in helicopters and, like and molly shannon is so delightful in the show yeah, she's great she's so good in it she's so funny but i agree i'm kind of like i don't know how much more time i want to spend with these people i did think that carrie dating the character actor was pretty funny yes like the jokes are funny yeah i'm just like not as sympathetic to the characters as i was before yeah except lance i still love lance yeah yeah because he's he's like the only one besides molly shannon that is still like a good person in the show yeah exactly um okay so yeah watch that um i'm i'm enjoying succession 
Oh my gosh. I, I wanted is... to talk about the last episode. Oh, the last episode is upsetting. I was in a very real world way. Like I um I was physically on edge watching like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like a quickened heartbeat, like yeah. like stress, real anxiety. And then I listened to the HBO podcast about it or the beginning and realized that the showrunner is British. And I got like pretty angry. Mm -hmm. I was like, sir, how dare you yeah. co-opt our trauma? Like, you're yeah. not one of us. You don't get to like swoop in yeah. and tell us how terrible we are. We know. Yeah. Let us deal with it. For, for those unfamiliar, the last episode was it was election night for the presidential election. There was a very Trumpian candidate. It's, you know, in in the world of succession, Trump doesn't exist, but a candidate who is like essentially Donald Trump and then the other candidate and this family is controlling what is essentially Fox News and they're manipulating the news to essentially pick the winner of the presidential race that is going to be better for their own family. Yeah. And it feels like it feels like yeah this kind of, this happens like a little bit yes and that's really upsetting <laughs> during the last election when we were all waiting for a network to call the election i was like what do you mean we're waiting for a yes. network to call the a election cable news network shouldn't we just be counting the votes yeah. like the reality of that was really really hard to swallow and this episode really hits that home in a disturbing way mm -hmm. it was hard it was hard to watch it's a really good season it is yeah um I think this may end up for me being their strongest season. Like if they stick the landing on this, what are there like two episodes left? Uh, yeah. Um, if they stick the landing, I think this is going to be my favorite season. Yeah. I I've been so invested in it. Me too. Um, I don't think I'm really, I mean, we're, we're still plowing through Gil Gilmore girls. There are just so many episodes. <laughs> I like, we're still somehow on season three. I'm like, Skylar, we've been watching like, a hundred episodes a week. How are we still on season three? Are you enjoying it? Yeah. Good. It's, I mean, it's just, it's a fun thing to just sit in. Yeah. And I just have to not think too hard about it. Yeah. Um, because then I start to get annoyed. <laughs> no, you download Candy Crush. Yeah. It's a Candy Crush show. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what have you been watching? Um, okay. There is a show on Peacock called Mrs. Davis. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen previews. So it stars Betty Gilpin, who was in Glow, which was Glow's cancellation is the worst thing Netflix has ever done. And Betty Gilpin was the best part of Glow. Can I ask you why you were so into Glow? I tried starting it a couple times and had a hard time investing. I just loved it. But why? I thought all the characters were really fascinating. I thought it was really well done. I like Mark Maron a lot. Um, mm. Ah. Should I give it another try? Like, is this a show that you think I would Why like? Why didn't you like it? I, it could have just been that I was, like, not in the mood for it. But I was, like, having a hard time in the first episode keeping track of the characters or caring. I would, I would give it a few episodes. Okay. And if you're still not into it, bail. But, okay. Um, so it stars Betty Gilpin, who is a nun and is married to a kind of Catholic interpretation of Jesus. I honestly can't decide if the show is blasphemous or not. It's like on the one hand, pretty blasphemous, but on the other hand, like pretty pro faith in a like in a way that I've never seen a show be. So she is a nun 
And the world has been overtaken by this AI, like an Alexa or Siri, but she's the same for everyone. And her name is Mrs. Davis. And she sends people on quests. And there's like this gamified way to live your life. Everyone's trying to get points in this system. Very complicated. How does anyone even come up with these ideas? I mean, <laughs> I think that they were all required to like maybe do shrooms before they went yeah. in the writer's room or something because it's very like fever dreamy, but it's really okay. fun. Um, anyway, this nun is given a quest to find the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly all I can explain about it without sounding completely insane or spoiling anything. I am having such a blast watching okay. this show. And tonight is the finale. Like it premiered today. We're going to watch it tonight. It is unlike any show I have ever seen, and I am so into it. So is it a comedy? Yes, but also a drama. Mm -hmm. um, it's by the guy who did Lost. Mm. Um, and I think it has, I never watched a lot of Lost, but I think there's kind of like that fantasy element of Lost mm -hmm. a little bit that people really liked, mm -hmm. and there's some of that in this. And it's just like there'll be a whole episode telling a story that really doesn't have anything to do with the main characters, but is like so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never seen a show like it. Okay. It's very weird. Gonna check it out. It's very fun. Uh -huh. Um, and I, it Jesus is like a very good character in it. It's like that's why I can't decide if it's blasphemous or not. I uh -huh. think I'd probably feel differently if I was Catholic. I think I might be like maybe feel like it was more blasphemous. You you tend as a religious person um to err it, it, correct me if you disagree but you tend to err more on the side of not finding things blasphemous yeah but i wonder if i'm overcorrecting do you think like you're overly worried or what do you mean like that i'm i wonder if like my initial reaction is like to be sensitive and then i'm like no but actually like analytically oh. i don't think this is offensive you know interesting i took a film class at byu that actually like helped me think through things like that we watched the um, Talladega night scene where they're praying to Jesus, but it's like baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I've never seen it. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Should be on Criterion soon. Okay. Um, but it's like, is this blasphemous or is this a joke about the characters and why? And we, you know, we concluded it was a joke about the characters and how to interpret stuff like that. And I feel like this is very much the same thing. Like this is more about the nuns inner world than it is about like actual religion and faith mm -hmm. um i don't know i would love to hear from people what they think about it um religious and not religious people because i think there'll be very different readings on it but anyway the show's a blast there's like <laughs> her parents are magicians there's like this whole magician element about it um really fun performances pretty wacky hmm. can't wait to finish it and then we're watching 30 rock again oh from it's the time. beginning? It's time. Yeah. You know, there was something yeah. in the air and it was like, let's do it. Yeah. And then. Oh, could I, I forgot one thing. Yeah. Um, This season of Survivor is phenomenal. Oh, good. It's so good, primarily because there is a woman in this season named Carolyn who everyone is rooting for Carolyn. Um, She, at the beginning of the season, seemed absolutely crazy. And she's like a recovering drug addict who's like a drug counselor. And sure. she's probably in her 50s. And she's just kind of big mannerisms and she's always kind of seems like she's losing her mind. And so nobody in the show is taking her seriously. But like week after week, we, the viewers, are seeing her like 
actually play a really impressive like strategic game okay. and like, make like really sneaky moves that no one is catching on to because they're all like carolyn's crazy yeah and so like everyone on twitter like every time another episode of survivor happens everybody like goes to twitter and is like carolyn is a goddess <laughs> like i would give her a kidney and so there's next week is the finale and even if she doesn't win i am just like th- she made this such a great season of television <laughs> yeah good for her so for all my Survivor people out there, obviously, we're all rooting for Carolyn. Bless her. What do you think of the Survivor watch parties on the other two? Um, Oh, that's right. Okay, so it's a plot point in the other two that the gays all get together to watch yeah. Survivor. And Carrie in that show makes a joke about, like, I didn't, isn't Survivor aggressively straight? Yeah. And they're all like, where have you been? And I, it's a very funny joke because, like, the only people I know who watch Survivor are my girlies and my gays. <laughs> like, when did that like, happen? Every gay I know watches Survivor. I don't like because Survivor is like what we wish sports were. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're not opposed to like people competing against yeah. each other. It's just like give us some drama. Yeah, give us <laughs> like, a storyline. People backstabbing yeah. each other. Okay, I get it. I get and, it. Like, even the playing field so that it doesn't matter what your gender or age is like you can compete that makes total sense okay so like i think like i think survivor scratches like the sports itch for a lot of gays (laughs) i love that i love that for you um and then last thing is that top chef irene and i have been doing the occasional check-ins on the bonus feed also i'm watching queen charlotte um, which is like a Bridgerton spinoff. And Emily and I are talking about that on the bonus feed. So subscribe to the bonus feed to hear those episodes. And then we watched on Amazon Prime the movie Air about the creation of Air Jordans and Michael Jordan's partnership with Nike. Um, it stars Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Jason Bateman and Viola Davis. Chris Messina, Viola Davis. Yeah, Chris Messina, that's right. What'd you think? Oh, um, I, I had a pretty good time. Uh, yeah. I give this like maybe a B plus. Yeah. Uh, it's Matt Damon is really good in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think he's he's really, really good, which is great to see, because the last thing I saw him in was that awful mobster movie we watched for this podcast. I have no idea what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. It was um, it was streaming. What was it? Uh, it had Brendan Fraser in it. Oh, Yeah. We didn't particularly care for it, and Matt Damon was so bad in it. I don't even remember him being in that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he's in it, like, at the very end, and I swear they just, like, flew him in and, like, had him do a line read. A- anyway, all, all this to say, Matt Damon is really good in air. Ben Affleck, I don't think, is very good. Viola Davis is, she lifts everything she's in. Yeah. Um, she's awesome in it. I, it, it. It's rated R for some language, but, like, Otherwise, I'd pretty broadly recommend this. Like, yeah. It's a story that is fun. I will say, so this is the story of how Nike landed Michael Jordan and like Air Jordans. And it is pretty funny that this movie is trying to make you forget that the underdog, quote unquote, underdog you're rooting for is Nike. Is Nike. <laughs> <laughs> of like multi-billion dollar company. <laughs> Nike's going to be fine. Like the stakes are actually not that high. No. And they try to develop some stakes with, like, Jason Bateman being like, I give my daughter's Nike every Saturday. She has 60 now. I'm like, that girl has too many Nikes. 
her mom does not know where to put all those Nikes and you're going to get another job. You know, I was never like, oh, no, these poor people. They tried really hard to make you worry about Matt Damon. But I'm like, uh, it's just Nike. It's a huge corporation. And like if Michael Jordan decides not to sign with them, then they'll just sign other athletes. Yeah. <laughs> like You kept circling around John Stockton, guys. And yeah. like, yeah, we know he's crazy now, but at the we time, didn't know then. he was fun. Yeah. You know, that would have been big for us here in Salt Lake. Yeah. What, what did you think generally of the movie? I, I agree. I thought it was fun. Um, it definitely puts you in a certain mindset when it starts and there's like all these clips of the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's this kind of movie. This mm-hmm. is not a prestige movie this is not an oscar movie this is like a movie that knows what it is mm-hmm. written by two gen xer dudes who pretty much wrote it for their friends you know yeah. it's ben affleck matt damon i want to hang out with those guys jason bateman is perfect in everything he does yes amazing yeah. we recently rewatched game night and i was like is this yeah. man a genius he's i know you haven't watched ozark which makes me really mad but jason do you want to work that out right now? i want you to watch ozark i um, i mentioned it as a possible watch to steven mm-hmm. we just both have to like get to I that place. he would love it okay i burned through ozark but he is he's outrageously good in ozark his character in the nike movie it's like the same person oh really yeah like that's his character in ozark so there have you ever listened to smart list Mm-mm. it's a podcast um and jason bateman is one of the hosts and will arnett is one of the hosts and the third host is sean something the guy from Will and Grace, what is his last name? You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and they had Ben Affleck on, which is why I like wanted to watch this movie in the first place mm. because Jason Bateman. So the premise of the podcast is one of them finds a guest to bring on and it's a surprise to the other host. Oh, cool. So Ben Affleck was the surprise guest and Jason and Ben were talking a lot about the making of this movie. And it's a movie from the studio that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and a partner from a venture fund founded together and it's called artist equity and it's essentially like all of the people i'm going to explain it incorrectly but it's like a better distribution model for everyone but um i I say below the fold because of journalism but like below the line Mm -hmm. in film production so it's not just the actors and producers who like benefit from revenue it's everyone who's involved okay which i thought was cool yeah um that has nothing to do with the movie, but a fun side note. Yeah. I just thought this was a good time. Mm-hmm. It didn't, I wasn't like, wow, revelatory. But like, I love a movie about yeah. business guys doing business, you yep. know, like it's fun to watch. Trying to sign an upcoming rookie named Michael Jordan. Yeah. A little and weird that we didn't get more Michael Jordan in the movie that's like kind of about Michael Jordan. Yeah. I think like not showing his face was a little gimmicky mm. in a way that I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. But it is fun. Like. It's Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Biggest basketball player of all time. Fun era of basketball. It's Very super, nostalgic. That's about to start. Yeah. Right. And uh, and it's fun as a viewer in 2023 to watch this and be like, yeah, Michael Michael Jordan is is going to blow up to a level that not even these people are contemplating, yeah. and they're trying to you know design a shoe around him because Matt Damon has a feeling like I think he's going to be pretty big. Yeah. Like, and I think you know he would be worth getting and. That's fun. I will say the most fun part about this movie to me is the aesthetic. They, it, it's it's almost gimmicky at points, but I didn't care. They do such a good job at presenting like the '80s. Yeah, and like they'll they'll go to like a store, and all of the packaging 
for like all of the products, it's like the that was the packaging in the eighties and early nineties. Yeah. And like I was born in eighty four. I don't remember the mid eighties. I barely remember the late eighties, but like there was this scene where they're in a store and it shows wonder bread packaging mm -hmm. and it like unlocked a core memory <laughs> i was like that was the wonder bread packaging yeah. like i remember i remember what products look like in stores and like they meticulously recreated that for this yeah. movie and that was that i thought that was so cool i did get a little tired of the needle drops like it was mm -hmm. so much 80s music again like, gimmicky yeah, yeah one after the other after the other after the other where i'm like uh, we get it like mm -hmm. we get it it was the 80s these are two guys who are very nostalgic for the 80s yes yeah. which like who can blame them i mean one of the reasons why i loved ladybird so much is it's like 2003 yes and i'm like yeah that was when I was finishing high school. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's what it looked like. Um, I think you're right. I think Viola Davis is obviously the star of this. I think Matt mm -hmm. Damon did a really good job. I didn't mind Ben Affleck. Um, mm. His character was just like a little off. I think it's hard to make a movie about people who are still alive. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sure that Phil Knight had like a say in this, you mm -hmm. know, and probably limitations on what they could and couldn't represent in his character or have his character say and i think the same is true for sunny and it's obviously true for like the jordan family you know yeah. like there are complications about it where i'm like what would this story be like if like it were 30 years from now mm -hmm. and most of these people weren't with us anymore would it look any different mm -hmm. i just feel like when they're still with us it's like it can be a little bit too glossy of a version but again, this isn't a movie that's like going to win any Oscars. No. It was just like a fun romp. You'll it, 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 people will watch it for these next few weeks. People are, are liking it generally, I think, and yeah. then no one will ever think about it again. <laughs> yeah, and like I think that's fine, and I that's think they fine. know that, and I think yeah. they're gonna do other movies like this. Like these two guys still really like working together, yeah, which is great. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I really appreciate that Matt Damon is just like leaning into his dad bod era. Well, he gained weight for this role that i hope that it's permanent because yeah. i like it like i'm just like yeah i remember when you were like a heartthrob like action guy and now you're just like schlubby mad damon and i'm born I, I love it yeah like i am all for it did you ever see the departed uh-uh it's really good in the departed what is what is that it's a martin scorsese movie oh. and it has leonardo dicaprio and matt damon who kind of look alike is it a mobster movie yeah I have low tolerance for mobsters. I don't know. I think, mm, I don't know. Maybe you won't. I mean, I love The Godfather, but. This is not. Actually, I loved The Irishman. You loved The Irishman? Yeah, you. we both did, but we both thought it was, it needed to be like two movies. Yes, and they needed to stop doing that to Robert De Niro. That was a problem. Did you see the Twitter poll? Who's hotter, young Al Pacino yeah. or young Robert De Niro? Yeah. Who did you vote for? Um, Al Pacino. Me too. Yeah, I think. I was kind of baffled that people were disagreeing about that. But then I saw one picture of Albert De Niro as a young man. I was like, oh, did you know he just had a baby? Um, I mean, he yes, didn't. His wife I, did. I read that. The Tai Chi instructor in his, from The Intern. In his 80s? Yes. You're like 79. I mean, Martha Stewart's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So like, That's not, those are not the same thing. No, but like... <laughs> 80's the new 60. But it's not because we're not living longer. <laughs> like... Are we like not? I, good for Martha that her body is like looking great, but like just because he's like rich doesn't mean he's gonna live to one hundred and thirty and like see this kid into adulthood. I don't know. Maybe he has a blood boy. Okay, sure. Anyway, I, uh, I wish him the best. Did it make you want to buy Nikes? No. Yeah, me neither. Um, I've never liked Nikes really. 
like as a running shoe. Yeah. Uh, they always tell you not to buy them. Cause Why? Because they, uh, they don't leave room for your feet to swell when you run. Oh. What is your running shoe of choice? Uh, I think I have Saucony's right now. Mm. I have like a very bad uh, gait. So I have to get like corrective oh. shoes. Like they go to like the special section and get me like, this is for the people who need a lot of help with mm -hmm. the way they run. So mm -hmm. I always wear those. It's usually Asics or Saucony's. Mm -hmm. What about you? I don't even know. I, I don't have any like running shoe loyalty at all. I'm just trying to see. I'm wearing, I just came from gardening. So I'm wearing like my old running shoes. I'm trying to see what they are. But I can't even tell. I was surprised to learn Converse used to be such a big player in mm -hmm. uh, the basketball world. Mm -hmm. Converse and Adidas, apparently. Yeah, that was a surprise to me. Competing against the underdog, Nike. <sighs> now I feel like it's Nike and like New Balance and those ugly shoes that Steph Curry wanted people to wear. Mm -hmm. Air. It's on Amazon Prime. Anything else you want to say about it? Probably recommend it if you can handle some bad language. Yeah. Uh... I've already seen Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. You're going to yes. go see it because uh, I'm had, forcing you. I had problems and couldn't go see it this weekend. Because I really want to talk about it because it's changed my life. I'm really excited. Okay. Well, so. now I've hyped it up too much. We're going to see it on Saturday. We're going to talk about that next week. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>